Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. This is where the Lord's led me in my heart today. I'm in Psalm 78. Psalm 78. Got about eight verses I'm going to read here. Cousin Butch has been sending me messages, and I, I listened to one uh, that he, he sent me, and it was a, uh, it was a uh, Pentecostal men's conference somewhere in Louisiana. And this guy was preaching on this particular passage. I'm, I'm not going to preach his message, but it, it, it led me in this direction. Then I, I got to looking. I'd preached on this, out of this passage 12 years ago. I don't know. How many people was here 12 years ago? Well, you wouldn't remember if I preached the same one, but I'm not going to. But uh, Psalm 78, verse number 1, read all the way down through verse number 8. That's a lot of reading. If you found that, shout amen. amen. Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. That's how they know. We will not hide them from their children. Now, Brother Roger Duncan preached a message on this in about 209, 210, somewhere in there. Things we've hidden from our children. This is kind of along that line today. Showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He hath done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children that the generation to come might know them. Even the children which should be born who should arise and declare them to their children. He said, I'm going to, you need to tell somebody that'll tell somebody before they ever get here, before they're ever born. When he's telling this, he's talking about us today telling it to our children. Why? Who should arise and declare them to their children that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God but keep his commandments and might not be as their fathers. A stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. Father, I love you. I thank you for this day, the time, the blood of Jesus and because of that blood, I'm going that way. God, you've got, 
you have directed my heart. You give me direction on this. I'm praying that you'd use me one more time, Lord, today. Another time for the glory of God. I pray that you would fill this mouth and guard this tongue and preach me with accuracy inside the word of the Holy Writ that the people that are gathered in this place today would hear this word and they would take this word and they would use it and let the word use them, God. Save the lost one nearest hell. Someone here today is unsaved. They're but a step, a breath, a heartbeat away from eternity. Help me, Lord. I didn't come to be seen of men or to try to impress anyone. I couldn't if I wanted to. But I did come to preach the word of God, which you've called me to do. You bless it for your glory. I'll shout you praise and get out of the way and give you honor and glory for everything that's done. I ask it in my king's name, Jesus. Amen. And amen. I want to try to preach this morning for a, a, a little bit on this thought. Pass it on. Pass it on. Now this psalm here is a long psalm. It's 72 verses. This psalm, when you see your Bible might have a heading in it, says, Mashiel of Asaph. That means instruction. So we know right off the bat, this is an instructional song. Asaph was the choir director, by the way. He's a song leader. He wrote a lot of psalms. He had a lot to say, and he said it in songs. That you know that's what a psalm is. It's a song. It's the Lord's songbook that we're preaching out of this morning. It is an instructional psalm. It's not only instructional, but in verse 2 we find this. We find a, a quote that Jesus used in Matthew 13 and 35. So we know this psalm is prophetical. It's not only instructional, it's going to tell us something. It's going to instruct us in what we need to know, but it's also prophetical. It's speaking to something that's in the future. So we know that it's instructional. We know that it's prophetical, but this psalm is also this. This psalm is historical. It's historical in the fact that it takes up the message and it'll show in a verse here in just a moment from Jacob to the time of David. This covers a large portion of scripture. It, it, it talks about the plagues in Egypt. It talks about Jacob becoming another man. It talks about the blessing when David finally got on the scene who is a picture of Jesus, by the way. Are you still with me? So we see here that there's something in this and he says tell it to another generation. Brother Branch, he's saying pass it on. You may not believe this today but you're passing something on. You're passing something on. The question is what is it that we're passing? Now let's look at the word of God. Just, I, I, I won't be a long time this morning but a little while. In verses, in verses 1 through 4, here's what I found in this. I found a, get this, I found a revealed priority. He says, you better listen to me. I'm not speaking to myself, I'm talking about what the Word of God says. He said, listen, give ear. Who's he talking to? My people. What's he want them to do? He wants them to listen. 
Give ear. Don't be, don't, hey, listen. But not just a hearer. We need to be a doer. Give ear. Listen to what I got to say. It's a revealed priority. This should be a priority in the life of every parent, grandparent in this room today. It should be a revealed priority to tell the next generation about the Lord. This week, have you said one thing to your children about the Lord? The entire week. It's a revealed priority. He said, give ear my people. Who? His people. Why? Because the world can't tell you what the book says. Though the world's out there, they're trying to tell you, here's what the Bible said. Listen, I'm going out on a limb right here, but I am not going to cut it off. This crowd that is trying to get, hear me this morning, this crowd that is trying to get you to be woke friendly, line up with every abominable act in this world today and saying that's really what Jesus meant is a liar because they're children of the devil. We need to know here's, here's a revealed priority. Give ear my people to my word. Why? Because it's only his people that can tell it. Why? Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. And I'm going to open my mouth. And this is what Jesus said. That it might be fulfilled in Matthew 13. You can find it when you get home about verse 35. Jesus repeated this. Which proved that this was prophetical. When, when Jesus speaks of this. Some 12,000 years later. 700 years. Whatever, whenever this psalm was written. I don't have it dated. But it's prophetical. In fact Jesus used it and spoke of it. Now. We come down to verse 3, which, can't see my play. We come to verse 3, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. In other words, we know what it says. How many people in this building this morning have been in church for the last 20 years? We know what it says. I am determined in my spirit, in my soul, and in myself not to bring you anything. My, my opinions doesn't matter. Yours doesn't either. Everybody's got one just like a nose. But my objective is to bring you this, the unerring word of God. Thus saith the Lord. Give ear, Mike McCoy. He's talking to me. Why? Because I'm his people. How do you know that? Because uh, they are led by the Spirit of God or the sons of God. How do you know that? Because he has revealed his, by his Spirit, he's revealed to us that we're the children of God. There's not a doubt in my mind. I'm in the family of God this morning. Now, some's not real happy about that. <laughs> Can't do a thing about it. I'm in there. If you've been born again, you're in there. If you've not been born again, you are not in the body. But you could be. But you won't be unless somebody tells you. 
What's he say in verse 3? He, he said it. He said, we've heard it. We know it. Our fathers told us. That's how we knew. Now, I love my daddy. He's dead and he's in heaven today. I love my daddy. But I'm going to tell you this. He was not the spiritual leader of our household. Alec, you knew him all his life. Irvin. Now, daddy was not a spiritual giant. Matter of fact, in the first years of my life, dad was kind of in and out. It's kind of that he's one of them yo-yo Christians. He's up and he's down. He's up and he's down. He's in now. And he'd go, he'd go, he'd go until somebody made him mad. And he'd be out. I've run some good ones off. Go, I'm, I'm not, I'm not. Condemning my daddy. I love my daddy. He taught me a lot of things. But my mama knew the Bible. Mama knew the Bible. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings this morning, but I'll show you just how much she knew. They, somebody brought a... a Church of Christ pastor, the house going to convince her that she was wrong one day. And when he left, they asked him about it. And he said, I'm convinced if anybody's going to heaven, that woman is. How about that? All you got to know is what the Bible says about stuff. Don't give them your opinion. Give them what the Bible says. You know how you know what the Bible says? You read the Bible. But dad didn't really just tell me, son. You need to do this. You know what? Until he got saved, I was doing the same thing with my own son. But from the time he was a little boy, God finally turned me around, and that turned around. And now, when I see Colin Boy, I pick him up, I hold him, I whisper in his ear, David, I say, son, Paul loves you, but Jesus loves you more. Let me tell you about a man named Jesus. I may have missed it the first time around. But bless God, he gave me another chance and I'm going to get it right on the second time. Let her shout, praise God. Somebody, one of these free will Baptists might catch on. How do we know? They told me. What is it? It is a revealed priority. Three things. Oh, man, I'm way down the line. For verse number four, we have, we'll not hide them from their children. We're going to tell it. What are we going to do? We're going to show it to them. What are we going to show them? Watch this. Well, three things. First, going to show them the praises under the king. That word literally means to sing. We're going to show praises. It means to sing. And it means to sing loud. How about that? Don't disturb me, I'm trying to sleep. It means to sing loud. I miss Brenda Peters. She's the only one in this building sing louder than I could. And she could sing. Time's called her. She's contracted Alzheimer's. And she's going to go to heaven one of these days. But when we get there, I think God's going to have her over in the alto section and say, hey, everybody sing with her. 
teach them to sing. It, it, it don't only mean sing. It's, it, 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 mean, it means to sing a hymn. What about that? In the Hebrew, they knew it would be a hymn. You know what Jesus called it when he told you to sing? He said to make and, and sing spiritual songs and hymns and spiritual songs. But it means to shine or make a show. Let me get that in modern day vernacular. Hey, look here. Get beside yourself. So I watched, I watched, I'll confess it. I watched a few minutes at ball game last night. This guy's painted half his body white, the other half is orange. He's got stuff hanging all over his body. And there ain't nobody making fun of him. And you know what he's doing? He's, hey, he's cutting a shine. I thought I would to God tomorrow. There'd be about three people in our congregation. I wish Jumping Joe Floyd is here this morning. I'd just flag him on and say, go! Now, preacher, now, preacher, we don't have to do that. No, you don't have to. Here's a fact. You don't want to. Now, you don't care if I do it. And I'm not near as animated as I used to be. I have slowed down quite a lot. 61 is not 40. And you don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. I've never seen Brother Branch wave his hand and stand up except for Mike Blanton. But I think he's doing it for the Lord. I talked to somebody this week that the devil's putting things in their ears. And I said, it's amazing what happens when you give it this. Things just happen. It means to shine or show. Show them the praises. Who's going to do that? When my son was in college and I'd call him every Wednesday night and make sure he went to church, I didn't, I, I didn't ask if he'd been to church. Here's what I'd say. Son, where you been tonight? And he'd say, Dad, I've been to church. You know, you know, before I go on Wednesday night, I've been to church. And I'd ask this question, how was it? And you know what he said most of the time? Dead as a hammer. Now, that should make some people cringe. It made me shout. I didn't do it over the phone, but I thought, hallelujah. You know why? Because he knew the difference. How did he know the difference? Somebody showed him praise God. To shine. Number two, showing his strength. Showing his strength. Nahum 1 and 3 says this. You want strength? The Lord has his way in the whirlwind. You let me know who else has his way in a tornado. You know what they say in a tornado? Get in the ground as quick as you can. You know what the Lord would do should a tornado arise? Well, there's a pretty big storm on the sea one night. That's what Colin Boy wants to hear. Tell me about Jesus on the water. There's a pretty big storm on the sea one night. But when he, <laughs> when he spoke to the wind... Glory to God, the very thing he had made had to lay down. Why? Because the thing created has no power over the one who done the creating. Praise God, it had to lay down. He has his way in the whirlwind. You think he's got strength? You better know it. And his strength's made perfect in A plus class. His strength's made perfect in weakness. 
That's verses 1 through 4. Verses, verses 5 through 7, we see this. We see a rehearsed proclamation. Now we see a revealed priority. Here's what, make this a priority in your life to do this. And show them these things, his praise, his strength. Show them this, show them these things. Show them. Ain't no wonder this generation's not doing it. Ain't nobody showed them. We've shown them how to shout over certain things. I'm afraid we hadn't shown them how to shout in the house of God. I'm, I'm speaking corporately. So I listened to this message that I preached out of this given text. Leo was here, Vicky, when I preached this text 12 years ago. And they were shouting the house down when I was preaching that night. And I thought, where'd them guys go? Well, I buried part of them. What does that mean? That means I think we're quietening down this a little bit. Oh, we still got something to shout about. There's plenty to shout about. Say, I don't think you ought to shout. Well, you didn't, the word of God, you don't believe the Bible. The Bible said to shout with a voice of triumph. It also said clap your hands. It's all right to clap your hands a little bit. Some don't even like to clap and they sure don't like to shout. But it's a rehearsed proclamation. What does that mean? That means they said to say it over and over and over. There's a picture of me carrying this big guy around somewhere out there when that when that used to be a gymnasium out there, and, and I was carrying him, and there's a picture of me carrying this boy. No, he was much smaller then. I was much younger. But he has heard me rehearse this proclamation over and over and over and over, and if I live, He'll hear it again over and over. He said, don't stop doing it. You tell it. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad somebody told it to my generation. And I'm glad that I can tell it to somebody else's generation. And I'm glad, praise God, should this thing continue, that there's a few of them in here that I think is going to be proclaiming it to the next generation. What are they doing, preacher? They're passing it on. Verses 5 through 7 is pretty plain when it says, For he established a testimony in Jacob. Jacob didn't have the law. Jacob was a witness. Do you understand what that means? Jacob was the witness. Jacob saw him face to face. He wrestled with the Lord. And the Lord touched him and he never walked the same after God touched him. So he established that witness, that testimony means to witness. He established that in Jacob. Jacob's going to tell his boys. When Jacob comes walking by like this, and the boys say, Daddy, what happened to you? Why are you walking that way? Daddy's going to say, well, I wrestled with the Lord one night. And the Lord touched me, and this is the way I've been walking <laughs> ever since he touched me. 
instead of this. Why are you walking like that, Daddy? Because I fell out of my boat. Oh. But he appointed law in Israel. What does that mean? That means he changed his name from Jacob. And in order for him to change his name, he asked him who he was. And he had to admit, I'm the subplanter. But I don't want you to be the subplanter. I want you to be a prince of God. So I'm going to change your name to Israel. And then I'm going to send the law through your people. I'm going to send the law. He got the law. It's established. The Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament. That's what they had to live by. At this particular time. In which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. You may not teach them how to do math. You may not teach them how to read. You may not teach them their English skills. But you better teach them what thus saith the Lord. The most important thing we can do is teach them what thus saith God. I've been watching the perverts and the nut jobs on some videos. I posted something the other day from a Pentecostal website. I love them guys. Right, look, look, don't, don't frown on me. I've been listening to a lot of them fellas preach. Now, there's one or two things that we hang up over, but some of them are preaching machines. And this, off this website, they're preaching, and they showed a video in the background as this guy was preaching, and some of it was a little racy. So if you've seen that, I apologize if it offended you. I didn't mean to offend anybody. Well, I meant to offend the ones that might read it or hear it that it was aimed at. But he was showing all this stuff, and I'm telling you, where we're at is a dark time. And you know what he said? He said, we blame things on the devil. But it wasn't the devil. It was not the devil that sent the flood. No, no. Wasn't the devil that sent the flood. He said, it wasn't the devil that burned Sodom and Gomorrah. And the happy prince and princess boys out there, I'm telling you, meet Jesus, call on the name of the Lord before it's ever too late. Call whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And don't just pick on the homosexuals. Like get the drunkards and the adulterers and the fornicators and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. Just get all of them in there. If you're going to name them preachers, say, who are you preaching to? I'm preaching to everybody. We need to know the word of God. We know how to make money. We certainly know how to live comfortable. We know we eat what we like. We drive for the most part what we like. We wear what we like. We spend time with who we want to. And who we don't, we don't have anything to do with. We do what we want to do, when we want to do it, and how we want to do it. I found out when I'm the closest to God, usually I'm doing things I really would rather not do. That's what, that's what he means. Uh, to take up your cross and follow him. He'll put you where you'd rather not be. Now, don't get me wrong. Church is great. I love shouting and hallelujah land and, all, and, and, and rejoicing with the family. But there's some parts that's difficult. That means priority, commitment, rehearse it over and over. Look, 
come to church, come to church, come to church, come to church. Come to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Come to church. Come to church. Forsaking not the assembling of ourselves together. Come to church. I don't want to come. That's exactly right. That's why you don't. We do exactly what we want to do. I'd say when Holly gets home, it's going to be hard to keep her out of church. What are you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about the testimony, the witness, the law was the writing. It's the Torah, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. It's the declaration of this to recount it over and over. You say you preach the same things all the time. That's exactly right. He told me to preach the word. I got nothing else to preach. Be incident in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. That's what he called me to do. That's what we're supposed to do. And we're supposed to come and listen to it. Wade Stover's challenged us in the men's prayer breakfast yesterday. I, I would recommend that all the men of the church, we had the, probably the largest crowd we've had so far, yesterday is a great crowd, and I want to thank everyone that come, and I want to encourage those that didn't come to come. Seven o'clock, tell it, Brother John. It's good, wasn't it? And, and uh, the fellowship's great, but Wade challenged us in the, in, the, in the devotion part of the gathering. How long did it take you to read a chapter? How much time did you spend watching television? Ain't no wonder the world don't know Genesis from John. I'll not tell who it was, but one of my Sunday school teachers had a child in there whom is very dear to my heart. This has been many years ago. They was in the Sunday school room, and they said, turn to the book of Kings. And this little boy started at Revelation and started going backwards in the book. He had no idea. Where it was at. He didn't know. You know why? Somebody forgot to pass it on. I'm going to jump right in the last one and be done. We have a revealed priority in verses 1 through 4. We have, a, we have a rehearsed proclamation in verses 5 through 7. But verse number 8, we have a resisted. This is resisted by pride. It's resisted by pride. It might be as their fathers. Might not be. Let me get my glasses. I can't see and might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious. The word rebellious there means to resist. A resisting or rebellious generation. A generation that set not their heart aright. And whose spirit was not steadfast. And he didn't stand on the word of God. 
Figuratively, steadfast means this. It means to be firm or faithful. So they were not firm and they were unfaithful to God. And all through this psalm, you're going to see, you're going to see this. You're going to see them resisting the Lord and you're going to see what the consequence of doing that. And so the, the priority, the proclamation is ignored due to pride. It is not coincidence that one of the large movements in our land calls themselves pride. It is the number one thing God hates. It tops the list. A proud look. That is saying I am prideful in what I am. The Bible said God resisteth the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I confess today that he's almighty God. I confess he's Jehovah Jireh. I confess that he's Elohim, three in one. I confess that there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. I confess that I called upon that name. And I said, God, I ain't fit to kill, and I ought to be killed, and I don't want to go to hell. I confess it, praise God. He come by and said, I'll take you, hey, and I'll make you different than you are. I confess that this morning. A lot of people don't want him. They don't want him. They do not want him. Oh, I would be in a bad way without him. I'd be in a bad way without him. As Verena's coming to the piano, I'm going to share something with you and I'll be done. I'm always talking to Dusty and Joe Beth trying to get the Colin Boy story of the week. He's the best biblical illustrations that I can find. God just speaks to me through a child. So they went to some kind of shindig. You know what that is? Yesterday down in Gladeville, the community is not far from where they live. They had, it was involved, the community was involved, church was involved. They was in the school, they went into the elementary school. They had booths set up and food and slide jumping things for the kids, all this stuff. All this stuff. Well, the boy wore himself out. They got in an automobile. He's a lot like his pa. He needs a nap real bad in the evening. And it just makes life better when he gets his nap. Anybody can get a witness? Can I get a witness in here tonight? So, he, but he likes to sleep for a little while. Play me something, sis. They got to a store, and they knows the stores by red and blue. This is the blue store, Kroger. It's where you get something to eat. The red store is Target. They got other things. Joe Beth was going to slip out of the automobile and go into the store and get something and come right back. They're going to get in the car, drive home, let him sleep for a few more minutes, see? Life is better in the evening when the nap is long. Well, the moment she opened the door, 
he opened his eyes. And Dusty said he wasn't just awake, he was wide awake. And he looked up and he saw the color of the store. And he said, hey, this is the red store. Dusty said, it is. Your mama's going to go in. He said, have they got toys in there? He said, yeah, they got toys in there. He said, oh, we got to go in and see them. We got to see them. We got to see them. There's something there that I want to see. Well, that spoke to my soul. The red store reminded me of the blood. And there's something there. That I'm going to see. We got to go. We got to see what's there. We need to see this. And be wide awake. Praise God. Not be dozed off. Be wide awake. Say hey. When we get woke up. Paul said it's high time to awake. When we get woke up. We'll want to go in and see. What you can find in the red store. You know what I thought brother Bo. Everything I need. Is in the red store. I want you to stand, bow your heads today. I'm going to ask you a question. Are you a Christian? Would you like to know that when you depart from this world, heaven's going to be your eternal estate? You can know that today. You can know. Would you like to come and settle out? Between you and God this morning, can I tell you, you're in the red store. That's where we proclaim the blood. We make it a priority. But you're going to have to lose your pride to ever come get it. I'm going to ask you to come forward and bow before a God you've never seen before, but you've heard about. He said, tell about it, tell about it, tell about it. Keep on telling about it. Somebody's going to hear. Praise God. Do you hear it this morning? Has God been dealing with your heart? You'd like to come and call on the name of the Lord? You ought to come right now. You ought to just come right now. It's no, look. Come and humble yourself before the throne of God. And call upon him a God you can't see. That's faith. You're talking to someone you can't see. But you know that he can hear you. And he's gave every man a measure of faith. But you got to do something with it. Would you come this morning? Is there one in here that would be that honest with yourself. And with God. And say Lord. I know this is you dealing with my heart. And I need to be saved today. Is there one that would come and say that's me. I'm coming now. We're going to tarry just another moment. Is God dealing with you? Dennis, Dennis. Talk to this young man right here for me.
Well, I'm not having spanking. Glory to God. Come get that song, Marcus. Come get that song. <laughs> Somebody else ought to come this morning. You know God dealing with your heart. You ought to come. You ought to come and say, hey. I want to I want to be in the family of this Jesus you're talking about would you come this morning somebody else come boy I'm telling you when he's drawing when he said come and the power was there we learned in Sunday school and the power was there to heal our greatest need of healing is from our sin the power is here to heal today you can be healed of your sin problem if you come you ought to come lead us in song lead us in song Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the Time of Truth.